your house is your most prized possession. Ensure it receives the best cover possible against life's unexpected and unfortunate events. Buildings and contents cover from insurance protects your home along with everything in it. Not only will they cover it against events such as theft, fire or property damage, but they'll give you the value for money and awesome service that you deserve. Take home great cover. SMS out to 40251 for a quote. Alturance is a licensed insurer and FSP. T's and C's apply. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point. And like I said earlier, I will be taking uh, your calls in a short while. You can get in touch with us in the meantime on 011-714-2006 to book your spot when we do actually go to uh, the phone lines. For now, for our thinking point, uh, we're going to be looking at just some of the metros that are presenting uh, in, in as far as those numbers, what will be very common complex situations uh, in terms, especially where coalition governments need to be struck. Uh, Dr. Nzigelelo Breakfast is a senior lecturer in history and politics at the Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University. Dr. Breakfast, good morning to you and thank you for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. Look, we'll focus on Nelson Mandela Bay, and I think it will also be important for us to talk about areas such as the city of Johannesburg, the city of Tswane, and the city of Etiquini, because what we are seeing in these metros particularly, especially now that there's been the opportunity to have 60% of the votes counted, is that the fragmenting of those numbers continues to increase and um, it, it makes I think the, the conversations around who goes into agreement with who a lot more complex I don't know what your reading of, of the situation is right now yeah so there are two sources of uh, political power um, the, 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 the first source is uh, the rural sections of uh, the population um, the second source is basically the urban uh, centers. So the electoral base of the ANC, for instance, is found in uh, rural areas. Why? Because of the relationship between uh, traditional leaders and also the uh, ruling party. Because traditional leaders are on the payroll of uh, the ruling party. So in return, uh, they bring their votes. No wonder the ANC, its electoral performance has not been uh, accepted um, in uh, rural areas, despite the fact that the ANC does not have a good track record of uh, uh, rendering services to uh, the uh, inhabitants. On the other hand, you see that uh, in urban centers, um, the ANC has not been doing well, except in areas like uh, Buffalo City um, and also maybe Mangaung. Uh, why? Because there are some uh, rural uh, sections of the uh, population. So, uh, even though the counting of the uh, votes is not done as yet, but one can see which way the wind is blowing. Mm. Uh, my uh, prediction is that the ANC is going to fall short of getting 50% uh, when all is said and done, but uh, its electoral base in uh, the rural areas will not be dealt with um, uh, a blow. Um, I don't think that it will bounce back uh, in uh, Nelson Mandela Bay or uh, 
Botswana, nor will it bounce back in uh, Johannesburg. Of course, you know, and, and, and one of the things when one looks at these numbers, if the ANC were to look at, like you're saying, its consolidated support in rural municipalities, that at least would be some form of silver lining in these elections. But that in and of itself is not without implications because oftentimes the rural municipalities are also the poorer municipalities. That's why, you know, most political parties would want to have absolute control of the metro councils. So let's talk about what the implications are um, for the ongoing losses of metros and the contestation really that it tends to be about, which is resources, because the, the horse trading that, take pla- that takes place also tends to center around those resources and how they're distributed. Yeah, the, the contradiction in terms of the uh, political behavior of the electorate is that the people who tend to vote for the ANC are the ones who are on the back foot in terms of uh, getting services. Uh, that I find very uh, contradictory. Um, uh, the reason for that is because um, we have three categories of the uh, electorate. The first category, I call them the diehard uh, supporters. Uh, those ones, they, they, they vote in relation to historical factors. Uh, so the greatest advantage of the ANC is uh, its collective memory. That's why the ANC does not want to let go of its uh, description of calling itself a liberation movement. So they benefit out of that uh, political uh, currency. Uh, Then the second category is what I call the rational voters who are found in, uh, you know, metropolitan uh, municipalities. No wonder uh, the ANC tends to fall short there in terms of uh, performing well. Uh, uh, Those ones, they they, they vote in in terms of uh, the performance of the, uh, the powers that be. And then the last category is what I call the sympathizers, uh, who are normally not sure who to vote for. So those ones, they vote uh, in relation to the, uh, the trend. Uh, so I, 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 I don't think that the, uh, the voter behavior in rural areas is going to change uh, because uh, the, the political lifespan or the political longevity uh, of liberation movements it tends to be extended. So political behavior does not change overnight. It, it takes a long time to change mm-hmm. the political psychology of the uh, electorate. Let's look at the Etequini numbers uh, a lot a lot more closely. And I'm working off the projections here by the CSIR, um, the latest that they have published this morning. And I'm looking, uh, Dr. Nzikelelo, at... The ANC that is projected to get 43, 42.3 percentage points of the vote. The DA, 25.5. The EFF, 10.7 percent. So you, you have a, a, a slight, you have a, a dramatic drop of the ANC, an increase of the DA by around 5 percentage point. A slight increase of the ANC by just under two percentage point, and then you have the IFP at nine point eight percentage points, almost doubling 
um, it's 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 voters, the number of of voters in in the Etequini municipality. What do these numbers mean for the ANC in a province that, by and large, has been so important to the the balance of power in the organization itself? Yeah, I don't think that the war that broke out within the ANC between the Ramaphosa section and uh, the forces of RET is going to have a negative spillover effect to the electoral performance of the ANC. I think the strategic advantage of the ANC is that when they are participating in the uh, elections, they are able to forget about their uh, differences and function as a bloc. Uh, so even though there have been some uh, uh, votes uh, that have been counted, but my prediction is that uh, in the final analysis, the ANC is going to retain the Etequini uh, municipality. Again, because of the, the, the rural uh, sections of the uh, population there. So I don't think that the ANC is going to be dealt with a blow in Etequini. But I, I, I've, I've seen some texts that there have been some municipalities that the ANC has lost. Uh, to the IFP. But the other interesting uh, political dynamic is uh, the performance of, uh, uh, is it uh, NNP, the, the party of the late uh, Umama uh, Magwaza? Yes. I think they, yeah, yeah, they, they have been doing very well. Uh, they strike me as a, a dark horse. Uh, and if maybe in some municipalities, there might be a possibility of coalition uh, formations. I think they will play a significant role. But uh, I, I have been uh, very impressed by their uh, electoral performance. When, when, when we look at just a part of what's coming out of the political parties across the board in terms of the approach to the coalition governments that will need to be formed, we've got uh, about 34 hung councils currently uh, do you think they're playing open cards with the public, or do you think there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than what they're letting on? Um, what gives rise to coalition uh, formations is uh, political fragmentation and lack of majoritarianism. Uh, I think there are strong points about coalition formations. There are also weaknesses. So one of the strong points is that coalition formations they are able to limit the, the powers of uh, the party that or, or, or the, the, the block that runs the, the municipality in the sense that no one is able to impose uh, a particular agenda forcefully, you know what I mean, because you must consult uh, across the board. And that, it does deepen uh, democracy. Uh, but the uh, contradiction is that or the, the, the weakness of uh, coalition formations is that um, it tends to be uh, uh, acrimonious. It, it tends to epitomize opportunism. Uh, also, some people argue that it is a, a betrayal of the voters because people vote for you in terms of the commitment that you made. And now when you get the, the, the votes of the electorate, you don't honor that uh, commitment. You uh, enter into uh, discussions. Uh, without the knowledge of your voters, uh, so yeah, so 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 there are strong points and there are also uh, weaknesses. I think the greatest weakness is that one of the gaps of the constitution is that it, it doesn't talk about a, a regulatory framework on how to manage these uh, coalition mm. uh, formations. 
So the political elite, they tend to rush into forming these uh, power-sharing arrangements without developing a conflict management mechanism on, on, on how to manage their uh, internal right. uh, contradiction. Dr. Breakfast, I'm going to pause you there. I'm going to uh, take Anne Musa with the latest news headlines. We'll continue with uh, Dr. Breakfast in a moment. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in Mangaung. We continue the conversation on the talking point. Dr. Nsikelelo Breakfast is uh, joining us today just to share his own thoughts. I'll be uh, taking your calls on 11 uh, Perhaps you've got your own analysis of what we're seeing in as far as these numbers, what it means for the metros. Have you been looking at the results in your area? I've been looking at some of those that we have covered during Municipality Watch, especially where we've had you know lots of people call in raising various issues of service delivery and I must say we're beginning to see some of that I saw last night with the results in Makana uh, you know really big shifts especially for uh, some of the uh, newly formed political organizations and independents those are some of the things that we can also talk about uh, but before before we uh, we let you go dr breakfast I do have a question for you uh, that's come through on the whatsapp line so I'm just going to uh, play that voice note for you and then we'll continue from there. Uh, good morning, Katie. Uh, my sister, please, uh, I'm yearning to know, EFF, every time they have an event, rallies, all those things, they have numbers. But what happens to those numbers when it comes to voting? Or perhaps is it uh, their stance in the issue of borders. They are saying that no borders in Africa. I don't know. I'm yearning to know. Thank you. Okay, sure. Thanks for that WhatsApp voice note question. Dr. Breakfast? Yeah, so the rationale behind holding a large political rally is to show off power. But those political uh, rallies that are normally held by different political parties in the build-up to the elections, they don't necessarily translate into uh, votes. Um, But I think at the same time, just to be fair and square to the EFF, I think they are going to do well. I think their support is going to improve, but not the way they want it to uh, improve. It, it, they will not uh, double the, the, the support that they, they got uh, in the 2016 uh, elections uh, twice as much, but they are going to be on an upward electoral uh, trajectory. And I think what we're seeing is that it, it's it's a mix of wins and losses depending on uh, which municipality you're looking at. But interestingly mm-hmm. enough, uh, some of the uh, analysis that has come out of the CSIR, particularly focusing on um, the uh, the 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 areas such as Alexander, uh, Dipslut, uh, and some some of the rural parts of of different provinces. But in Johannesburg, it shows that uh, the EFF is attracting 
traditional ANC support in metro townships. You know, that's that's just slight indications of, of, of some of the analysis that is coming through. And the fact that they are appealing to the most marginalized urban residents in Gauteng. And, and those figures are, uh, some of that analysis is coming through for, for just Gauteng. And, and I guess it would also make sense um, when you look at the kind of support that they have when they do hold rallies in, you know, in the, in the townships or informal areas of, of this province specifically? Of course, uh, Katie. I think uh, you've uh, hit the nail uh, on the head um, on that score, that one-party dominance is a thing of uh, the past. Uh, the support base of the EFF is very specific. You know, uh, the, the, their audience that they normally pitch their uh, uh, message to is basically the unemployed um the uh, youth uh, that is uh, marginalized by the the structure of uh, the uh, economy uh no wonder the uh, electoral outcomes uh, as they've come through uh have indicated that that they are doing well in those uh, areas Dr. Nsikelelo Breakfast, let's leave it there for this morning. Senior Lecturer in History and Politics at the Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University. Uh,